Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This crowd rises to its feet. Pacaro slammed it home. Garland left wing, three ball. Perfect. Garland part of the lane, locked. The Mobley, pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. The Cleveland Cavaliers came back against the Charlotte Hornets to get a much-needed win. I would not have felt good to drop that one to the Charlotte Hornets. But speaking of comebacks, making his return to the Chase Down podcast, proud new father, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, uh, young uh, Artie is uh, is, is uh, doing great. Um, a, a very pleasant child, um, giving me some pretty good sleep. I'm averaging about five hours a night. Knock on wood, uh, which you know any parent will tell you that's amazing. Uh, two weeks in, this is his. Uh, he turned two weeks as of today, um, and uh, yeah, uh, mama's healing up well and. Uh, uh, it's funny, people don't realize this, but when you're on paternity leave, the one thing you do is watch a lot of stuff because <laughs> you just have you're just trapped in in place by by this this creature that's just laying on your lap. Um, so I you know I, I have been I've been watching uh, much more uh, than uh, than than usual. Uh, one many of our very kind listeners would say. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm coming in ready. Thank you so much for covering for me. But I'm I'm ready. I got takes. I've been I've been ruminating, and uh, I'm I'm ready to talk. Well, I'm I'm happy that one of your uh, children is being well behaved. Now you have to deal with your misbehaving child, which is of course me, uh, <laughs> the the one that you will never be able to control, Carter. No matter how hard you try, on the front end, uh, Darius Garland made his return uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. Was really happy to see him play. A little nervous with that quad contusion. Had two injury scares in that game, uh, from shaking his right arm after some contact to. Uh, uh, hand injury as well, but he played through it, played fantastic in that game. Jared Allen has been ruled out for the game against Charlotte, although I did see Chris Fedor note that he was uh, wearing a practice jersey uh, at shoot-around with the team today, so that's an encouraging sign. Uh, no structural damage that the Cavs announced. Uh, we know with Darius Garland that uh, eye injuries can be something that takes you out for a while, uh, so it really seems like the Cavs dodged a bullet with that one. Yeah, man. Um, even so, 
what are we at? Uh, nine, ten games missed due to eye injury this season. <laughs> Got to be near top of the league, talk of top of league history. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been unbelievable. With that said, I know that player comfort is important here. I know that recovery is important here. But Jarrett, you would look so cool with the goggles and the fro. I, I really, I really hope that's part of the doctor's orders is, is a pair of rec specs on our boy. Cause I think he will look like such a dope throwback player. It'll be like he got teleported in from the eighties. <laughs> I would love to see that. If, if he comes out against Philadelphia wearing those, that would be uh that, that would be one of the most exciting moments of the season for me. If, uh, if you're on site at, at, at the rock, uh, at Romo Fijo, you better walk straight to that Caesar sports boot sports book uh, if he comes out rocking <laughs> the rec specs we ain't losing look at you giving gambling advice you're reckless already i love it um other team friendly gambling advice though yeah there you go that's fair um yeah uh the Cavs are going to be playing their final back-to-back of the season uh playing charlotte once again and then playing against the philadelphia 76ers uh that last game of charlotte was the last time this season the Cavs will have a rest advantage as well um so maybe that game kind of gave you a little bit of encouragement, just a reminder that you can play well on the second night of a back-to-back. And as we've talked about many times, the importance of taking care of that first leg of a back-to-back really can help dictate how competitive you're going to be in that second one. So I think you and I would both like to see the Cavs uh, play well on, on Tuesday night, but the, their odds of winning that game and playing well go up significantly if they get the kind of production that they got from both Ricky Rubio and Karis LeVert. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, I guess. Isn't one funny thing about these baseball series that like, not only do we get Charlotte on the second half of a back-to-back, we also get them on their third game in four nights Mm -hmm. as a direct byproduct. So like, it's like, it's really a true double whammy of rest disadvantage uh, for, uh, for the Hornets here. And I think that, you know, you almost hope that they got the, the rough one out of the way. Um, where they just, I mean, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn shooting and in a rare exception, it was the, it was the backcourt that couldn't shoot. The rest of the Cavs went five of 11 from three. Uh, the, uh, the, the star shooting backcourt, the only really reliable shooters on the team went two of, what was it? 16. Um, sounds right. Yeah. And, uh, and really, I think they, in a lot of ways got bailed out by amazing defense, uh, down the stretch where they totally shut Terry O'Rogier's water off uh, and they got timely buckets from Ricky Rubio and Karis LeVert who combined for 26 points. And man, it doesn't take much, Justin. It doesn't take much production from the bench to, for, for it to feel good. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. And it's nice to see back to back very good games from Karis LeVert. I, I thought he was very good in that second game against Miami. And it's kind of interesting when Evan and I were, were discussing, Hey, maybe, some Ricky minutes need to be cut back so Karras can get more ball handling reps. I think the best case scenario is that Karras just kind of ups his assertiveness when he is on the court and you can get production from both he and Ricky Rubio, right? Because the more ball handlers and playmakers you have, the more dynamic your offense is going to look. And it really helped kind of steady the ship on a night where you had Evan Mobley get into foul trouble relatively early in this game, right? Like you did have spells of missing jump shots and Honestly, the missed layups, missed layups and free throws jumped out to me as the most easily correctable part of this game. You, you hope that a few more of those go down and, and you're not sweating down the stretch the same way that you were in, in this one. Yeah, you know, I'm normally a shining beacon of positivity, 
But with that said, I just know there's going to be a playoff game at some point in the next couple of years where Evan shoots 50% from the line. <laughs> I lose my mind. Yeah. Because no. he, he, he tends to have some not timely free throw misses. <laughs> what did you think of Evan at, at center in this game? Because I... What encouraged me the most about it was he didn't get off to a good start. He he tried taking it in the basket, tried drawing some contact, wasn't being rewarded, uh, got into foul trouble on the other end, uh, w- which is obviously frustrating. But I kind of like the fact that he maintained his assertiveness, even though he wasn't getting those calls, right? Like he kept attacking the basket and, and ended up uh, 18 points, nine rebounds, plus 15 on the night. Like that's that's a very good, impactful game from Evan Mobley. Yeah, I mean, he played the entire second half, which I believe is the first time in his career he's done that, um, which, I mean, says a lot about JB's willingness to put Rolo out there or Dean Wade out there at the five Yeah. Um, once the game was really tight. First half was such a wash for me, you know, like the, they were playing so poorly um, and so haphazardly that it was like, there's nothing for me to evaluate here, you know? Like, it was just, it was just a mess wholesale, so like, uh, you know, obviously, I don't want to like write that off and be like, oh, well, we don't have to talk about it because it wasn't good. But it was just so messy that it was hard to it was hard to like pull a lot out of and extrapolate. I think that what I did like to see in the fourth was he put Kai Jones in the basket a couple times. Yeah. Um. Again, I, I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but this is a dude who uh, who even though he's not strong physically plays strong uh and and likes likes to bang he likes the physicality and when that man's strength comes along i think it's just going to be a a whole new game for him uh where he's not having just to hit floaters but actually really you know uh he can really put his shoulder and finish through people um you know uh, some some foul draws that become and ones uh and he had a couple uh, last night. So I thought he was good. I thought he completely ruined Terry Rozier's life. He, he and Isaac <laughs> did in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um. And, and man, you, you could just like, you could literally just see like the talent level just overwhelm the Hornets in that fourth quarter. And I'm really hoping they come out uh, tomorrow night and, and, and assert that. Cause I, I thought, you know, it just became so clear that like, okay, if we put Mobley and Okoro in an action, with Rozier, they're just not going to get a good look. They just won't be able to yeah, uh, because of the talent level on the floor for for Charlotte right now. Yeah, and I, I think you saw in that game why the Cavs have the best fourth quarter net rating in the league, right? Like, that's the Cavs' strongest quarter. And uh, while they've had some issues at, at late in games, particularly on the road, overall, fourth quarters, this is when the Cavs really kind of tighten the screws and, and they really clamp down defensively. And uh, outscoring the Hornets by 14 points was big, and Honestly, it was a good process game at times, like or certain aspects of it were good process. Obviously, their their focus could have been better. Their finishing, the turnovers, all that was annoying. But just like I liked Evan Mobley continuing to attack. How many, how many turnovers do you think they ended with? Without looking it up, uh, thirteen. Only ten. Really? Yeah, I couldn't believe that. And, and six uh, when were I, in the first checked, quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I was like, oh, man, like that was like one of the reasons this was so close. <laughs> I was like, nope. They literally just stopped turning the ball over after that like comically bad stretch to start the game. Yeah, and, and I like that 
not only did Mobley keep attacking, even though the results weren't there early on, I like that Darius kept pulling from three, even though he wasn't hitting his shots, right? Like a two for 10 game to me is very encouraging from him because we know he can obviously hit those shots. He's one of the better three-point shooters this season, but getting that volume up is really, really important. Like I want him and Donnie to combine for at least like 16 to 18 threes a game. Like take two a quarter. They have to. There's, there's no, Justin, there's literally no road to this team being a volume three-point shooting team without it. They yep. ha, they must take 16 threes a game. Yep. Like I, if, if I, if I'm, if I'm JB, I'm writing that number on a, on a whiteboard and keeping it up all year. Yeah. Um, take at least two, right. And, and Darius, and as Harris, you got to take at least four. Yep. That, that is my, that is my Karis and probably my Isaac benchmark as well. And, you know, they, they all hit that benchmark, you know, they combine backcourt combined for 16 Harris took four Isaac took four they still only took 27 threes yeah. you know like you did and luckily they just held Charlotte to only 21 but like they they kind of must uh these these are the players they must hit these minimums just to be viable in the modern NBA I mean I was watching uh Lakers Knicks last night and it was like whoa this is a different sport than I've been watching the last couple of weeks yeah it's it's absolutely essential, right? Like take those. I, I like that they're starting to take more pull-ups in transition. I, you have to take those shots to get the defense to react in different ways. You can't pass up those opportunities. And uh, for Darius, we've seen it time and time again, when he is taking those shots, all of a sudden the floor opens up for everybody else. And, and he's better at capitalizing on those opportunities than just about anyone in the league. Like he, he is one of the better passers in the NBA. Um, and you see the impact. Like, he was plus 22 against Charlotte. That's ridiculous in, in a close game where the Cavs won by six. Um, and you look at the stats since January 1st, the Cavs are 16.1 points better when he's on the court. He's the only player on the team that when he's on the bench, the Cavs have a negative net rating. Like, this guy, you look at the season-long numbers if you don't want the January 1st date. Like, nobody impacts the plus minus difference on the team more than Darius Garland. And right behind him is Jared Allen, who we've talked about it so many times, but his impact just doesn't get talked about enough because you have Donovan Mitchell, who is pretty much a lock to make an all NBA team. I, I think I would riot on air uh, if he didn't make it. You got Evan Mobley, who you look at the last 27 games, he's averaging 19 points per game. His efficiency's up. Like that leap is coming. Go read uh, Jackson Frank's article on this if you haven't already. He did a terrific job. But like, and Darius Garland is having the best season of his career. So you have those three guys getting so much attention. You sometimes forget just how much Jared Allen moves the needle. And uh, while Mobley's gotten better at playing center, you also see, hey, we get in foul trouble with Evan Mobley early on. You're playing a lot of Rolo. You're you're not going to be doing well in those minutes. And man, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of hope that Diakite is active for the next game because I've liked his minutes in previous games where Jared was not available. Yeah, I've uh, you know I think it's probably time for me to 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 uh, error a few grievances that have been building up over the last oh, two weeks. And man, uh, is this team small? It's so weird that a team with two seven footers uh, in their front court is small, but they're the only bigs that play anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lamar is really a big wing uh, from a size perspective. He's only six, six, um, you know, Wade's out of the rotation. Uh, Rolo is out of the rotation. You know, they obviously, you know, they, they, they bought out Kevin love and they're just playing a lot of lineups where 
if they if they break containment, if they lose containment on the front end of a defensive possession, it's over because mm-hmm. like you you're just one rotation away from having you know Donovan or or Isaac playing the four, trying to protect the rim. Uh, if Evan or Jared gets pulled out, and I'm, I'm a little concerned right now. And you know, I talked about being afraid of both Philly and Milwaukee in the postseason because of their ability to get our bigs into foul trouble. Um, and you know, I, to this, I, I forever will say that the identity of this team is those two bigs, yeah. uh, having an elite, uh, defensive big on the floor at all times, uh, for 48 minutes a game and for 22 of them, having two of them out there. Um, but that is, uh, you know, like, uh, that, that is a watch that requires a lot of precision. Everything has got to be working correctly for that to work right now. And I'm concerned, I'm concerned about the size uh, of of the of the team that's that that's getting minutes right now. Like, if you if, and I think that if you had told if I had told you that we'd be see, seeing like a healthy dose of Karis at the four and mm-hmm. Isaac at the four this season, you would go, uh oh, something went wrong. Yeah. Um. And I, uh, I would like, well, if you told me that before the year, I would say, oh, that's one. I would be concerned about injuries. Two. I would be thinking, oh, did Isaac add something to his game where now all of a sudden he's playing this Bruce Brown role because I, I'm such an optimist? But you're right. Like, the team is a lot smaller at, at this point. And the Dean Wade thing is really interesting to me. Like, I, I thought with Jared Allen being out of the lineup that that would be a spot where he would definitely play. And it it's kind of, disappointing, Justin. It's it, disappointing to not see him out there. It, it is. It made me wonder if he's almost getting, like, a bit of a Jetty Osmond reset, right? Because, like, we, we've seen at times, like, hey you're not playing the the type of game that we want to see from you. So you're going to sit for a little bit. We'll work on some stuff and shoot around. We'll, we'll try to get your confidence back up and you'll be reintegrated to the lineup at some point. I hope that's what it is because Dean Wade's an important part of this equation, right? Like he is kind of that versatile front court player that can give us size and mobility, right? And, and, and shooting. Yeah. He can play conceptually, which he, he has now been doing as of late, right? He, he can defend three, four, five. And you, you look at the options, like there aren't a lot of easy solutions with how these guys are currently playing. And I know we're going to get into what we can learn from the remainder of this regular season, but you, you look at the bench, the bench leader in three-point percentage is Karis LeVert, shooting 36.2%, slightly over league average. Uh, and outside of that, it's Dean Wade. Uh, or sorry, Karis is at 36.4, Wade's at 36.2. But Wade's played 20 in- games since he's came come back from the injury, and he's only shooting 30.6% uh, in those games. And more concerningly, he's just not taking a lot of attempts in those games. And I, I think passing up attempts is almost like the cardinal sin uh when you look at this team like i i think you lose- I, I i really think the the possession where he caught the ball in semi-transition right under the hoop and passed it out was mm-hmm. uh, a major like that was like the oh man i don't know if he can be in the rotation right now uh kind of type of play sorry to interrupt you there yeah no i i think that's a good addition i it the cardinal sins for the Cavs is like not following the right process, right? Like if you're supposed to take shots when you're open and you don't take those, you're going to lose opportunities. If you are supposed to be somewhere defensively and you're just kind of spacing out and you make those lapses on those possessions, you're going to lose opportunities. So um, the the reset of Dean Wade, if that is in fact what this is, because uh, by all indications, he, he is healthy, um, you know, coming back from a, a serious shoulder injury, right? Like that that can impact your mechanics. It can impact your confidence. And 
trying to get him back up the game speed is important because nobody else is shooting above league average from the bench, right? Like we we talk about Jetty um, as a potential option, and and I'd like to try to get him going as well. But he's shooting below league average from three and, and individually defensively. Uh, he does have some um, miscues, right? And um, and you don't have two bigs to go protect him either right now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Good point. Um, so getting these guys back on track, I, I think, is, is by far uh, one of the biggest things that I'm looking for uh, down the stretch of this season. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Yeah, it's I, I've seen some folks uh, griping at uh, JB rotations, um, and like I just don't understand that. I mean, well, I understand it, but I I don't respect it. Um, yeah, I think that you know at a certain point, like the players just got to play better. I mean, Ricky can't shoot twenty five percent at the rim. Karis can't go games where he is, you know, he can't go games where he's playing thirty four minutes and going two of nine, or two of six, or two of seven from the field. Yeah. Um, uh, D- Dean can't play 20 minutes and take one shot and grab two rebounds. Like he needs, you know, JB is doing basically what I asked him to do. Uh, at least, you know, privately to you or like, Hey, he might just have to give Lamar some run. Like Lamar stylistically is so not what this team needs, but like at a certain point you need, you need to throw out the archetypes and, and you need to say good. who's like, yeah, he's, he's playing you well. just need to say who's, who's going to play in the role that they're, that they're playing in better. And, Lamar is doing that. Um, so he gets, you know, all the credit in the world. You know, this has not been the, this podcast is, is not uh, been the give Lamar Stevens a ton of minutes podcast historically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's earning them in a way that Dean hasn't been. And like, so it's hard to be like, there's not enough shooting. JB needs to find a way to get weight on the floor. It's like, well, weight isn't earning it right now. Yeah. Um, you know, like you can quibble with the jetty stuff. You know, it is hard given that he was such a plus minus rock star early in the year to have him, you know, have such a short leash right now. Um, but you know, then Rubio is also just coming back from injury and it's just, you know, he's going to have some, some up and down games. Uh, so I, I, it feels like to me, it feels like the Cavaliers players are not giving JB a ton of options outside of that starting five, which I think has been magnificent 
for the last month. You know, I mean, obviously there are games where they'll 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 take a hit, but really since the new year, mm-hmm. that starting five has worked. Yeah. Uh, the 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 core four are putting up you know uh, an insane lion's share of the of the of the points. Isaac's doing all the little stuff and earning minutes and and hitting enough jumpers to work alongside them. But these these bench players, they it's it's my number one concern, and it's not even like you know. And I the the bigger concern I have is they're just kind of running out of runway to to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it it feels like one of those things where you know. I know that depth matters less in the postseason, but like that's like uh, nine, nine, does, 10, though. 11. Yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. And they don't have a lot of optionality in terms of play style right now because of the, the performance of, of the players that are getting the minutes. Mm-hmm. So two things. One, I'm glad you got that off your chest Two, Thanks, buddy. Uh, like even with Jetty, you mentioned like the plus minus, and that is still the case when you look at the season long numbers, but you look since January 1st, uh, the only member that was part of the rotation with a bigger drop off was Kevin Love. Um, like it's the lineup data hasn't been good and the lineup data supports what the current rotation is. Right. And there's two ways to look at it. I, I think obviously they need to play better and that would be my concern. Um, as you mentioned, the rotations are going to get shorter. You're going to be playing your, your best player as well. And if Ricky and Karis are, are showing signs of life, that gives you like seven guys that you feel pretty good about and that's a good thing but you do still want to have that optionality so it's concerning on the one hand on the other hand we do have sample size from earlier in the year knowing that these guys can do it right like that that i think that's the the reason for angst is you know dean when he gets his confidence together when the shot's there he's a really really impactful player that really moves the the needle you can throw him on a whole bunch of different assignments he can defend three through five uh, he's able to space the floor and, and is just an intelligent basketball player. Jetty can play really well at times and, and he can really give the Cavs a lift. So my, I, I guess the thing I'm curious about is as we look at the final 12 games of the regular season, it's looking pretty damn clear that the Cavs are going to be fourth. The The math is getting very, very, very difficult for the Knicks and Nets to catch them. So if that's the case and you have these games where you kind of take care of business and you have some minutes to play around with, do the Cavs start to go a little bit experimenting, uh, trying to get these guys reintegrated and get them into a groove because you know that's going to pay the long-term dividends? Or are you going to kind of lean a little more heavily where we're going to play our starters and the core rotation together pretty exclusively kind of in the first three quarters? And then we're hoping that we just take care of business where they just don't have to play in the fourth, right? So get them the reps together and and keep that continuity going so that you can carry that into the playoffs and then have the second unit play after, which I I think there's a merit to that. And and, uh, there's advantages to doing that, obviously. But you're also not getting those guys that you're hoping to get integrated minutes with the starters, right? So it's a delicate balance that you have to kind of suss out. Yeah, and I think you're 100 percent right on the four seed thing. Um, you know, I've basically stopped standings watching. I've mm. stopped scoreboards watching, especially Philly. Uh, we're just not going to catch Philly. They they got through the roughest part of their schedule, um, and won a lot of games. They, I mean, won most of them. Uh, you know, and they they are peaking at the right time. And uh, and as much as you want to play the, the the schedule game, like the game still got to get played. And Philly went out and they took care of business in a way that I think is like insanely commendable i think that team is hitting their stride right now heading into the postseason 
Oh, uh, um, take I dropped while you're away. I won't get your thoughts on Philly is the third best team in the NBA. Oh, yes, I think so. I think so. Um, uh, though great I, that we have I, no, all actually, three no. to go through. Wait, no, I actually don't think that. Sorry, I think Phoenix is the third best team in the NBA. Okay. I don't um, think that's true this season because they're just uh, not going to have time together. I, I'm not super worried about that <laughs> for them. I just think Katie's amazing. And like, he, he all is the stuff... most plug and play star ever. But I, I do have, like, here's, he's still, here's what there's another end of the court, though, that you need time together. So that, that would be my one thing I have concerns with. Here, here's what I'll say about uh, the Katie thing. Everything, I, like, I actually feel like I am so much lower than the consensus basketball community on Katie as a player. You know, like, I think he's probably the greatest scoring forward of all time. But, like, his overall, like, I might have him two, three notches below uh, consensus. Uh, You know, I just, I I don't love his playmaking. You know, I don't like, I don't, I feel like he's had more series like the one against Boston last year where it's like, oh, KD's efficiency is just awful. Or he, or he's not, he's not able to elevate his teammates much. Um, You know, I just feel like his, his playmaking is just okay. But like it's the perfect team to accommodate those those limitations, you know those like. And when I say limitations, I mean like places where he's a seven out of ten, not a ten out of, not a twelve out of ten. Yeah. Um. So like I don't know. I I'm terrified of Phoenix if I'm any other team in the West. Uh, and as much as I'd love to give Denver that credit, man, I've just been thinking a lot about Denver recently. I know we're getting way off topic. I've been thinking a lot about Denver recently. People are not talking about their talent issues enough. That is not a crazy talented team. Um, how many, uh, sidekicks, how many number twos, uh, around the league would be, would immediately become Denver's second best player. Drew and Chris, I think would be the, their second best player. Jalen would be their second. love to Gordon there. I, I think Gordon's been better than Chris this year. I think Gordon is a very nice story. Um, but like he is Are you so giving pro- him the Gulliver cute story. Uh, yeah. I think he is so a product of his teammate. Uh, disgusted you know, by this. Uh, I think he's so a product of Jokic. Um, I, I think Harden would be the second best player on that team. Jalen Brown would be the second best player on the team. Darius, Donnie would be the second best player on that team. Um, and, and just down the line, I mean, like they, I just think they're gonna they're gonna have the number one guy in almost every series, but they might not have two, th- two or three or sometimes four in in some of these series. Uh, luckily, the West is an absolute tire fire. Um, and is the worst I've seen it in my adult life. Um, but man, uh, like they do not want to see Phoenix in the second round, I think. Uh, and, uh, and if they do make a finals appearance, Jokic will have earned it every bit of it. Yeah. I, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, God, it's, it's not looking great for them. I mean, I, I did appreciate them, uh, losing to the nets because I, I'm personally rooting for Brooklyn to end up in the five seed. Uh, a little disrespectful. I think that they're they're playing well, but that just feels easier to me because the playoffs, like your best player matters a lot. And as great as Mikhail Bridges has been, I'm still picking that over Julius Randle and J- Jalen Brunson, assuming that Brunson's healthy, of course. I'm not sure, man. I, I feel like, um, you know, like the thing about New York is it's such a chicken or the egg thing where they are so dependent on ISO ball. And on one hand, you look at it and you say, well, uh, that's kind of what playoff basketball becomes sometimes. So they're, they're going to be playing their style, so to speak. But we also watched the Atlanta Hawks shut their water off um, a, a couple of years ago in a way that was like really uncomfortably ugly for them. I, I think know? Brunson changes a lot of that, though. 
I just, I mean, maybe, maybe, um, you know, and, and Barrett's gotten better. I just feel like, I feel like with, with us, with seven games to scheme and make Julius Randall be a great player. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's a great player. Maybe, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but like the three point shooting variants of Brooklyn people, I think Cavs fans are underrating when they're talking like they, one of the re- one of the ways the Cavs can lose in the first round is if they get bombed out of the series. Yeah. Is if they, if the Cavs are taking 26 threes a game and making nine or 10 of them and the other teams Which taking again, 40 in Brooklyn or over yeah. the Knicks, if I, I got to select well, Brooklyn's bombing, bro. Brooklyn is they bombing are. away from three. They're taking so many every game. Like every single doing player the, on their team. Everyone is six nine only with like shooting talent. Yes. So like all I'm saying is like I I'm scared of any series where we're gonna face the math problem, and I just feel like Brooklyn's gonna take at least ten to fifteen more threes a game than we are, and they and on the if they get hot for three or four, then it's like oh man this sucks like we're way better than them and we're going to lose like that like i just sense that could like that that possibility i think is more real than people uh want to admit it is as compared to a Knicks series where like they have the better players the Knicks definitely have a more talented team with a more functional identity that has like you know they planned it as opposed to this like amalgamation of wings uh, and shooters that Brooklyn has that's like complementary players just going nuts but yeah. I I think both series would be hard, and like I think anyone who thinks that you're getting a cakewalk against Brooklyn is wrong. I, I think their shot generation is going to be a bit of a problem, especially against this Cavs defense. But you know, you you are right about the math problem. Um, God, you just you're sitting here. You're you're not high on Denver. You're not high on the Knicks. But I do know from personal experience, you're very high on Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Well you, done, buddy. Yeah, you look tickled with that one. 
I was. Caught me <laughs> off guard. <laughs> Let's get into some seeding talk. Now that we're d- discussing other teams around the league, uh, the Cavs have 12 games left I- in the regular season. Um, things are, are looking pretty good for them, as I alluded to. They, they have a three-game lead over both the Nets and the Knicks. Honestly, you're, you're looking at the schedule and... Let's say the Cavs really don't play well down the stretch, which for them is 500 basketball. Their worst month of the year was January, where they alternated wins and losses. That would get them at 49 wins already. You know, a pretty impressive accomplishment. I feel great about their chances of getting 50. But in the scenario where they go six and six to end the year, the Knicks would need to go nine and three, assuming they beat the Cavs to pass Cleveland. If the Cavs beat the Knicks, it's 10 and two. So we are in a situation where let's say the Knicks lose two games between now and, and that matchup in the end of the month, that matchup might not even have real weight and significance to it, right? Like I, I think it would just kind of, you want to have a good impression against them. If you are going to face them in the first round, you might want to try out some stuff. So there is going to be meaning behind it, but in terms of who's actually going to get the four seed, Gaz are, are going to be in a pretty good position there. Um, so Obviously, winning that game makes things a whole lot easier. The Nets would have to go 10-4 and four to pass the Cavs if the Cavs only play 500 basketball. And you look at the remaining schedule for Cleveland, it's pretty damn favorable. So in terms of should-win games, you play Charlotte twice, you play Orlando twice, you play Washington, you play Houston, and you play Indiana. That's seven. Then you got Philly, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and the Knicks. You take care of business against those seven, you're at 50 wins, and then it just turns into how well you play in those five other matchups. So the scenario is really working out well for the Cavs. And uh, if you just want to look at kind of the math of this, all indications say that the Cavs are probably going to have home court in the first round, barring something kind of catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, it does certainly feel that way. I think, you know, the chance of them fumbling the bag is it's not not there, but like, I would say 500 basketball against this schedule would be really disappointing. It would be. So like, and so, and like, even then that's unlikely like to drop. So, you know, I think you're hundred percent spot on um, that this is so unlikely um, to move. You know, it really is a matter of who's going to win that job, that jockeying match between Brooklyn and the Knicks um, for, for that uh, five, six spot. And then, you know, and then in the rest of the East, it's, you know, how does that play and shake out? And and uh, does one of these teams end up giving Milwaukee or Boston a, a rough go? I mean, I know that Atlanta, Miami, Toronto have all been you know uh, you know kind of tire fires in their own ways over the course of the year. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, just again to point to the difference between the West and the East right now, I'd not be thrilled about playing any of those teams in the first round. No. Um, uh, and and certainly, if you're any of those teams in the play on play in uh, mix, which I, it looks like no one's busting in the top six, uh, just it's just such a large gap. But like, I think any of those teams can beat any of those teams uh, in a single elimination um, format. So it just does feel like, to your point, the Cavs are going to be at four, and yeah. all the stuff that and I I think I was expecting at this point to be scoreboard watching every night. Like, where's how's Philly doing? How's New York doing? How's Brooklyn doing? And I'm just not that invested because of the way the math is lining up, which means the only thing that matters is the on-court product. Yeah. The only thing that matters is the performance of these individual players. And 
and getting everyone, getting as much momentum as you can um, to, to to be successful in the first postseason for a lot of these dudes. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to to say this, and you know, and figuring out what that momentum means is going to be so important. Is it to your point, tooling around and trying to get some of these archetypal players that maybe fit a little bit better with what the Cavs are trying to do going? Uh, or is it just win as many games as you can um, and, you know, feel feel good about the fact that you're winning a ton of games going to the postseason? I don't know yet what, it, what the right answer is. Yeah, it, it's a difficult question, right? And if the Cavs are in a spot where the seating does kind of look locked in, you might see, like, it, it's going to be hard for them to get up for some of these games, right? And, and maybe that means you, you drop one that you shouldn't. Um, that you don't have the focus kind of like that, that first game against Charlotte. And I mean, the unfortunate thing is the, the other side of this coin is the, because the math is how it is and it's tough for the Knicks and Nets to catch us. It's equally tough to catch Philly. Like the Cavs win these next two games and you get the tiebreaker over Philadelphia. That's great. But then if you finish the season nine and three over these 12, uh, or I guess at that point, seven and three, cause you got those two wins. Philly only has to go eight and seven to keep the three seed. Like that's that's not really asking a whole lot of them, right? You're you're five losses back with twelve games to go. You're not catching them. You're just not. Yeah, it, it would be really really difficult. And I mean, their schedule is still tough, but a lot of those tough games come at the end of the year, right? Like maybe the Bucks or Celtics are, are resting guys in, in those last five games of the season, uh, or or they're looking to manage an, an injury, right? Because they got their seating locked up. It's, uh, it, it would be great to win this back-to-back. I think you you win this back-to-back and all of a sudden you're at 45 wins with 10 games left and you got a real good shot at, at, at like 53 wins. I, I think that would feel great and it would probably require Jared Allen playing, but um, outside of like really kind of burying the next chances, um, I, I just think it, it's going to be really, really tough to catch Philadelphia and, I, I just did I just did some quick math. If the Cavs had won 16 of their last 17 games, we would be tied with Philly in the standings. Oh my like, goodness. Like that's what it would have taken. Like it's like I was like, man, you know, maybe if they hadn't, you know, blown that game to Miami or 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 that or that Boston game had gone a little better or that landing. Nope, they would have had to just win every single game. Yep. <laughs> like they were allowed one loss because Philly had had a bit of a head start and Philly hasn't lost any games. Yeah, like now, now my scoreboard watching is hoping that Boston gets up to the one seed because I still want to be on the same side of the bracket. With well, them. especially after all this shade Bill Simmons has been throwing oh, to our yeah. boy Donnie on the on the Rosillo pods. My goodness, like like it's laughable that he would be a first team All NBA guy. Here's the meanwhile thing. while he's arguing for Damian Lillard. <laughs> Here's the thing. I feel like when, I'm taking crazy pills, Justin. When Bill starts discrediting players from a team it's because he's got a slight bit of fear for them and i i think it, that that's a sign of respect i think that's a, it's, that's it's a one or the other yeah he's way on either end of the spectrum he's either like so afraid of them that he gives them too much credit or he is or he's like starting to take little digs to try to make himself feel better I, uh in, in a matchup <laughs> i think you might be right there um but yeah it, it's going to be tough but if you win this game against charlotte that means you went three on one on your road trip and really splitting that series against Miami was important. Like the Knicks dropped a game at Madison Square Garden against Charlotte um, and, and Brunson got hurt. So they, they lost a couple of games 
And you went from only being one game up of the Knicks to being three games up. So really taking care of your business in those seven must-win games. And honestly, or, or I should say should-win games that you have left. And like those toss-up games that I listed, Philly, I think you're going to be an underdog. But outside of that, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Atlanta, who is still playing 500 basketball, and the Knicks, like you're going to be favored in a decent number of those games. So calling those a toss-up, like... You go two and two there, and you go five and two on those should win games. All yeah, let, let, let's do a quick Mike and the Mad Dog. Tell me if they're going to be favored or not favored as we go down the schedule here. Okay. At Charlotte. Favored. Versus Philly. Underdog. Versus Washington. Uh, you got to say where it is. Uh, favorite. Versus. Yeah. Versus. That, okay. that means at home. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, favorite. Uh, at Brooklyn. Favorite. Slight favorite. At, Bro- at Brooklyn again. Yeah, same thing. Versus Houston. <laughs> favorite. At Atlanta. Uh, slight dog. I don't think so. I disagree with you. I, th- I think they're a favorite there. They, they were a New dog York. last time they were in Atlanta. That's why I said that. But it was a back-to-back, so you never know. Versus New York. Favorite. Versus Indiana. Favorite. At Orlando, at Orlando. Favorite, favorite. favorite. Versus Charlotte, favorite. I think they will be favored in every single game except the Philadelphia game because of it being a third game in four days and a back-to-back. Yeah, you, you can easily go eight and four here, right? Like even accounting for a couple letdown games, eight and four is not a, outlandish. And if you go eight and four, next we need to go eleven and one, including a win over the Cavs to get the four seed. Like, yeah, that's uh, that's. That's really, really tough. And you lose that game to Cleveland and Cleveland goes eight and four. If eight and four includes a win over the Knicks, you are the four seed. So I, I think we can feel pretty damn confident that the pencil that in at this point. I'm at the point now where I just want them to get to 50 wins. I think people, um, you know, I, I, I say all the time, it's a real milestone. Getting to 50 wins matters. Um, and for, for year one of this thing, uh, 50 wins, which, you know, far exceeded their Vegas over under, which I think was like, 46 and a half at open yep. um, uh, would be, you know, a, a healthy cover of that number on the over um, and, you know, indicative of a team that's ready to take an even bigger leap next year. Yeah. What questions do you have? What, what do you want to learn from or what are you keeping an eye on for the rest of the regular season? Uh, you know, I, I've already covered the bench stuff. So I think what I'll go is that last roster spot actually matters. Um, they whether they decide to chase a three four um or a four five uh is interesting to me mm-hmm. um you know a guy like Juancho is on the market right now a guy like Sergi Baca is on the market right now um and whether they you know I, I I'm interested to I think the type of player they fill that spot assuming they fill it heading into the postseason mm-hmm. the type of player they fill that spot with will tell me a lot about their confidence level um, if they go and if they just promote Diakite to the active roster or, you know, or, or, you know, bring Sam Merrill back or something like that, then I think that tells me Kobe and JB are like, we're good with what we got. And this is who is going to play. Mm-hmm. We are not playing. We are not expecting to play even in a break glass in case of emergency. We are not expecting to play this guy that we're signing. Um, if they sign Ibaka or Wancho, that tells me that that they are like, okay, we need some insurance in a mm-hmm. postseason series. We need a player who has played a lot of NBA games 
to come in and like be an ambulatory NBA player um, that isn't going to, you know, that, that is somewhat of a known commodity. Um, maybe I'm wrong there, mm-hmm. but that is kind of, that's what I'm looking to learn is like, I feel like, th- I feel like that will teach me a lot about Kobe and JB's mindset is what they do with that last roster spot. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The thing I'm keeping an eye on, and, and I, I think your nomination is a great one. Um, I'm curious which way they go. I, like I said, I'm pretty happy with the minutes we've got from Diakite when he's played so far this year. And I think he's been better than Ed Davis was last year by a considerable margin. Obviously better than Moses Brown. And I, I think, frankly, better has than Robin been Lopez. Better than, I was about to say, has he been better than Robin? <laughs> what I'm keeping my eye on, Carter, and, and now we're reaching the point of the season where Sample sizes are pretty damn large. Um, We've learned a lot about this team. There's not a whole lot more we can learn. And the thing that's just been confusing me is I look at the starting lineup data with Karis LeVert and Isaac Okoro, and they're both great at this point, right? Like they're they're both, I think, about plus eight. The big difference is the Okoro lineup has a higher defensive rating. It's a worse defensive rating. And the numbers seem to indicate that that comes down to three-point shooting. And Carter, I want you to theorize. I'll I'll say on the front end, I spent a lot of yesterday and a lot of today watching every made three against the Cleveland Cavaliers since January 1st, Uh, or at least in the outlier shooting games. Those were the ones I went through. Thank God for NBA.com for making that easy where I can just click the blue number and it shows me the clips. But what do you think structurally changes defensively when the Cavs have Isaac Okoro in instead of Karis LeVert? Um, I'm gonna, I am actually don't know where you're going with this one. So um, my guess is that Isaac is often asked to guard point guards, and Karis is not. Round of applause. Well done, Carter. Um, Isaac being put on the ball handler is the biggest structural change that I can see, kind of looking at those lineups. And that means that Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell kind of swing over to a wing, right? And the thing I've noticed, and it was prevalent in the Nuggets game in particular, 
was we got a lot of digs, uh, particularly on the strong side against Nick Jokic, and that led to a lot of open corner threes where, where we're leaving guys open, and it's the corner three-point percentage that jumps out with that lineup. And some of that is luck, but I, I have noticed that Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland in particular, and even Karis Levert in some of those lineups too, where it's Okoro and Levert, they'll dig in and kind of concede those opportunities. Whereas when it's Karis in with the guards, everyone just kind of sticks with their assignment and they're structurally sound. The average league average for corner three point percentage <laughs> is uh 38.9 percent carter do you want to guess what the isaac okoro starting lineup is allowing i saw you dropped on the discord earlier so i'll let you just say it yeah it's 58 percent uh it's about how many shots do you know how many sh- do you know what the 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 sam the the sample quality is there 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 isn't Offhand. sample quality it's only the 720 non-garbage time possessions that they've played together but that's there's noise to that 58 percent is absurd but that's the one big difference and you look at the starting lineup with karis and it's 34 percent uh or just under 35 percent on corner threes which is and i'll tell you what if there's one thing karis has not hung his hat on defensively this season it's gone the three-point line right that, that's a great point and i mean that's one of those things where okay does a team like do the knicks kind of exploit that because this is going to be the second time we've played them do uh is it going just simply a case of do these guys need to kind of stay home a little bit more right because as i said there is a luck component to it but that was the one thing that i could find kind of structurally that is different and you're you're always looking at the numbers and then you go back to the film to see why right or 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 vice versa right like you see something in film and i wonder if that's working out and you go look at the tracking data but um overall like the three-point numbers against have actually normalized a fair bit for the Cavs. um even the the corner three-point numbers they give up a fewer percentage when a core is out there than the lavert one it just seems to be that those are higher op uh higher quality opportunities and unfortunately there's no way to look at how many of those are open from what's publicly available that i'm aware of but it's just kind of one of those interesting things that i'm kind of keeping my eye on down the stretch because i do think when you're looking at the math potential math problem in the playoffs right the ways to shrink that are reducing the number of attempts teams get and increasing the attempts of the guards and we touched on the guard component at at the start but that's kind of the one thing defensively that I've noticed. I, in general, the Cavs obviously are the best defense in the league. Their, their three-point defense in terms of wide-open frequency allowed is near the best in the league. It's just this one area where corner threes are the only outlier. It's the above-the-break threes. The Cavs are doing a very good job on those. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just so confident in that starting lineup's ability to to be competitive, um, to do enough to, to, to outscore their opponents, you know, Mm -hmm. like Isaac is shooting well enough. Um, the volume shooting from that backcourt makes it, makes the, the lack of spacing elsewhere survivable, you know, a la the warriors that I've talked about several times where you can play two, three non-shooters next to Steph and Clay because they're insane. Yeah. Um, I think that, it it really does. I you know, I even though those numbers might be the case, like let's say they do give up five percent more open threes, uh, or you know, like their contests matter less because it's Darius closing out instead of Isaac or Karis. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think the trade off, like 
my eye test still says Isaac's, you know, like that it's, it's a good trade-off. Oh, it's a great um, trade-off. Like since the start of January, when Isaac was named the starter, like they have a plus 7.4 net rating. They have a 121 offensive rating, a 113.7 defensive rating, right? Like I think some of this is just kind of trusting the defense, right? Like Darius doesn't need to dig in on Nick Jokic on the strong side when he's posting up in the high post and like leave KCP, right? Like some of those are lapses and like there is not going to be a single thing we notice on this podcast that the Cavs coaching staff hasn't picked up like in film. I right? don't know, and, Justin. And, I and, think and we're they, pretty savvy. <laughs> like I'm sure that that's something that they talk about. And like you even see like there, there was a possession against Charlotte where uh, they, they helped off the strong side and uh, even though it was contested, it was a late contest and JB was kind of, his arms flew up and he's yelling like, obviously you don't want to do this. And I think sometimes with the guards in particular, it's something that happens because they're at a size disadvantage. So let's generate a turnover, right? Like Darius and, and uh, Donnie are, are both such productive players when it comes to generating steals this year. I think just having faith in, in the system and staying home with shooters, uh, you're going to give up open shots. I think they only give about 2% more uh, corner three-point frequency than, than like Boston, as an example. Um, but it, it's just the the wide-open attempts. I see usually it's overhelping. It's trying to do a little bit too much defensively. And I think staying home a, a little more frequently could help alleviate that. And some of it's also just going to be regression. Teams aren't going to shoot 58%. That's absurd. Yeah, though, I mean, you're playing better teams. I'm really interested to see how, like, the rubber meets the road there. Like, we like we talked a little bit about how the Knicks playing style there, you know, ISO heavy, um, you know, bucket getting uh, style. Like, it's either going to be awesome out. for them. Like, it's either going to be awesome for them in the postseason because they're so used to it or, like, their over-dependence on it will end up killing them. You know, I kind of feel the same way about the Cavs in a lot of ways where the pace is, is the pace actually going to suit them super well? Like, is it not a glitch, but a feature? Mm-hmm. Um, is like, will the fact that the guys who do shoot threes for the Cavs, like the fact that they are super duper snipers, like, like how many times have we seen like, okay, shooters that are role players on other teams that just do not, they can't shoot in the postseason, Like, because that extra attention, the the better closeouts, the extra game planning and stuff like that, those guys turn turn into pumpkins. Whereas like the Cavs are like, yeah, we're still cool with that because we, we weren't counting on Isaac to hit a bunch of threes anyway. Yeah. Um, You know, it's going to be a real interesting, like chicken or the egg thing where I just don't know. I, I don't know if that kind of stuff makes them less susceptible to playoff pain or more susceptible to playoff pain. Mm-hmm. I I would still like more shooters on this team, <laughs> oh, yeah. but you know, right now, like, you know, like this is not like it or not, like with the exception of that last roster spot, this is just, this is not GM season. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is players. This is players and coaches season. Yeah. It, um, it's trying yeah. to assess what we have, what works, what doesn't work. Right. And as you so eloquently have put it, like what lessons you're going to learn from this season. Right. Like I, I'm still very firmly of the in the camp that I, I think Karras off the bench could really help this team if they're able to add shooters. It's just you're always running into that dilemma where he's possibly your best best path to add shooters, right? So we'll see what it ends up meaning for them. Um, but this is going to be a very interesting two-game stretch. We'll uh, be podcasting after the Philly game. And, you know, if they win both these games, which I, I'm not counting on. I, I would guess that you win. Not with Charlotte, Philly the way they're playing the way they're playing. <laughs> yeah, especially Philly, two days rest, Cavs, 
traveling second night and back to back you might not have jared allen like that you gotta have jared to, to have a chance let's be honest but um you know e- even if there is the split or one and one the Cavs are going to be in a really really awesome position uh especially if Knicks and Nets uh, lose their next game, which I, I think they're both underdogs in those games. Uh, so big thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in live. Uh, we'll be going live after the Sixers game as well. And uh, again, a big welcome to my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, it's great to have you back, buddy. Oh, it's nice to be back, bud. It, uh, it, it, it was hard being away, though. Uh, I thought all your, all your guests were uh, lovely. Uh, it's always nice getting to listen to this thing as a kind of satisfied consumer. And uh, it was it was it was great. Thanks, man, and, and a big thanks as well to producer Matt Gold, who, who got us live on YouTube and was oh, just, Goldie, just the, the golden boy. He, he's the greatest. Uh, really appreciate all his support uh, all the time. He, even when he's uh, not filling in for you from a production standpoint, uh, he is just the absolute best. So, uh, big big thanks to Matt Gold. Big thanks to all our uh, listeners tuning in live on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe. Click notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast, you can leave us a rating, your review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot or review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go Cats! So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.